Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Traveled to play number seven ranked Penn State Nitty Lions on Saturday, which would turn into an instant classic. It was a hard hitting, hard fought game between both teams. It took nine overtimes to decide a winner. Illinois did come away with the victory 20 to 18 versus number seven ranked Penn State. Yes, 20 to 8 and took nine overtimes. Illinois finally beat a top 10 team in the nation since 2007. They beat number one Ohio State. This was also Coach Bielma's 100th career win in college football in his coaching career. He silenced his critics from this week who took jabs, took his words out of context, and tried to make him look bad and try to say he lost the locker room. How did Illinois actually get this win? What's next for Penn State? Will this affect James Franklin going forward with Penn State or maybe possibly the USC or LSU job? We're going to discuss all of that here today on the Coach Steve Show podcast.
What is going on on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. We're going to dive into that instant college football classic of Illinois versus Penn State that was played Saturday. Before we dive into all of that, because a lot happened that day, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, the like button, leave comments in the comment section, be a part of the conversation ask questions. Uh, let's help grow this show together. Please also follow it wherever you listen to your podcast. The audio can be found literally anywhere. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora. If you follow it, it will alert you when the new episode drops weekly. Yes, I said weekly. Working very hard to get episodes out almost every single day. Also, go find this podcast on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network uh, at bellyupsports.com. Check out this podcast. Many other podcasts, different shows, different topics outside of sports, and then every single sport that you can imagine. Subscribe to that YouTube channel as well. Mm-hmm. Betting season is in full swing. The Belly of Sports Podcast Network and this podcast are working with BetUS. It is an online betting casino and sports betting website, so you can literally bet on anything on there. Sports betting, same game parlays, all that good stuff, and anything in the casino that you want to go uh, – Bet your money on to make more money. If you go to use the, use the link in the description below and go to betus-bellup sports to go make your bet. If you make, use that link, make a minimum deposit of $100 and you use the code JOIN125, you're going to get a 125% sign up bonus. Yes, free money. Everybody loves free money. One thing we've learned over the past year, everybody loves free money. 100% of that sign up bonus will go to the sports betting part only. If the other 25% is going to go to the casino betting, so you have way more opportunity to make money, use the free bets that I give you on each show where I give out my NFL pickums, my college football pickums, different bets. You use that code JOIN125, minimum deposit of $100, you're going to get 125% sign-up bonus, free money, go make all the bets and make all the money. Also, if you're looking for new sunglasses, yes, for some of us here in the Midwest, in the North, on the East Coast, winter is coming. But you can still wear sunglasses. That snow is going to be bright. You need Yeats sunglasses. Yes, Y-E-E-T-Z sunglasses. They're some of the most comfortable sunglasses in the game. And they're literally for anywhere. Now, it's not just people in the in the winter. Some of you guys that live on the West Coast, down South. Well, first of all, kind of hate you that you guys can still go to the beach and have the warm weather. But these sunglasses are made for literally anything. Um, if you're going to the beach, you're surfing, swimming, just hanging out doing whatever they're made for that they can handle all of that they can also help you uh with the sand even like the sand the water the sea the salt water everything it can also help you see the sharks coming at you while you're surfing yes so it's also a protection you can see it helps you see very clearly so you can see the sharks fishes stingrays whatever it's helping you see if you're training outside during the day for any sport and the sun comes out it can handle all the sweat blood and tears that's going to happen turf flinging up it can use whatever if you just want to wear them to look stylish, cool. They're probably the, some of the stylish sunglasses in the game. They can handle motorcycle rides, bike rides, running, anything like that. Any bugs that fling off, can flip the ride off, doesn't even leave a mark. Do you have a big fat head like me? Well, they got different styles that can fit anybody. Literally anybody it can fit. Um, and what's another cool, you can wear them all year round, basically. Winter's coming, the snow's going to come off. You can wear them while you're driving. It's going to help you see, and you're going to look stylish while doing it. You're showing the snow, you're going to look so cool. You're going to say, man... I wish I had those sunglasses. I could probably shovel the snow better. So you need to get on that right now. And they're giving money to organizations and different uh, um, profit organizations. A percentage of all of it, they go to like, for example, when they first started this, it goes to beach cleanups because that's where this started. They'll give it to different community outreach programs. And they're always willing to listen to a different program that you want think they should give money to. So if you go to 
yeetzofficial.com. Use the code CSS. You'll get 10% off your order. Come on, go save the planet. Go get some sunglasses, look cool, and save the planet. All right. Illinois did travel to Penn State to play the number seven Penn State Nitty Lions. And going into the game, nobody, I don't think anybody at all gave Illinois an opportunity to think that they're going to be able to win this game whatsoever. Uh, Coming in, coming into the start of the game, Penn State had a 91.9% chance to win the game. And it continued. They had 90, and then it slowly started to disappear. There was one point where it was a tie. It was 50-50. Then we started getting to all the overtimes, and it just kept going back and forth, back and forth. But what an instant classic game. And way for Illinois to come in and step up into this game. Coming into this game, you know, a lot was coming out of Illinois. They came off a bye week. They've been struggling. They haven't really won games. They've lost some games that they probably should have won. So they had a lot going going against them. Now, Penn State, Sean Clifford, they had a they had a bye week. They came off that tough loss against Iowa. They've had some time off. They haven't played since. So Sean Clifford had time to kind of get healthy. Now it's still an undisclosed. Injury. We still don't know the extent. Is it his ribs? Is it his thighs? Is it his shoulder? You would have to think if it's his shoulder, his arm, he wasn't going to play. But Sean Clifford came in. He did not look 100% healthy. But going for Penn State, you have a defense on the interior that plays pretty well. You have incredible linebackers. And Illinois wants to run the football. So you have guys that should be able to combat against Illinois. And then on offense, you still have some playmakers. And if Sean Clifford could just he doesn't, have, and people thought he doesn't have to be 100%. But coming in, Sean Clifford did not look good whatsoever. Illinois came in, nobody picking them to win. The only ones that maybe thought we had a chance was us Illinois fans. But this game went back and forth, punning. We weren't, there was, it was not high scoring. It was 2018. Illinois comes away. Nine overtimes. This became the longest. FBS game in history. And if you guys remember, I want to say it was 2017 or 18, LSU and Texas A&M went to seven overtimes. So college football came out and changed the rules. After the three overtimes, or started the third overtime, you have to go for a two-point conversion every time. So it's just one play. You score great. And this was supposed to make the game go faster. Well, Illinois and Penn State said, hold my beer. We're going to make this a longer game. But Illinois, man... Illinois came in and just said, hey, we are going to play tough. And we'll get into all the Coach Bielma stuff soon. But I'm going to read you a stat, a couple stats here for Illinois. And I want you guys to listen very carefully to this. We're going to go over who had yards and what. Let's go to team stats for you guys. So I give you the right numbers. Passing yards for Illinois. Well, let's do this. Total yards for Illinois. 395 total yards. Illinois. 38 passing yards. Rushing. 
356 rushing yards. They ran the ball 67 times. And we turned the ball over three times. We had two fumbles and we throw in an interception. Illinois held the ball for 36 minutes and 25 seconds. You guys listen to the audio form right now. You can see my mustache just rolling over. We had 357 rushing yards, which is, I've never heard of that before from Illinois. And not from a lot of this. We ran the ball 67 times. Good Lord. Now versus Penn State. Penn State had 227 total yards. Their passing yards was 165 yards to only 62 rushing yards. They had no turnovers. They had the ball for 23 minutes and 35 seconds. Illinois had 26 first downs compared to 14. On third down, Illinois was 9 of 18. Penn State was only 4 of 17. So, Illinois. Now, this is Coach Bielma's MO. I don't know if it's quite like this. I don't think he planned to run the ball 67 times. Illinois has struggled in the passing department. Brandon Peters has been hurt and been inconsistent. Art Statowski did okay at the beginning and then has just kind of tempered off the last game he played. Um, versus Wisconsin, he overthrew a lot of guys. He was not reading the defense very well. So people know that Illinois wants to run the football. They're going to try to force Illinois to pass. Art Statowski was 8 of 19 for 38 yards and one interception. But Illinois, if you watch the game, now these are just the numbers, but if you watch the game like I did, Illinois said, screw it. We're going to run the football. Now, we'll get to Coach Bielema in the comments again here in a minute, but one thing that was talked about was apparently, you know, he kind of cut out the off- called out the offensive line. It's supposed to be the biggest strength of Illinois football. Now, they've been kind of inconsistent. I'm not trying to talk bad about Coach Miller. I think he's one of the best offensive line coaches. I got to meet him. Very awesome guy. I got to watch him talk some football before on couple clinics on YouTube. Great. Great guy. But when you stack the box all the time, it's hard for offensive linemen to play. Illinois finally just said, screw it. There are times where they had seven offensive linemen out there on the field. They went old school. They went eye formation a lot. They went unbalanced. You would see, I want to say you saw another lineman and then another lineman and then a tight end on that side. Then on the other side, you had a tight end and maybe another guy and then one running back. You had that, but you put a guy back in as a fullback in I formation. Illinois just said, screw it. We're going to run the ball. Screw you. They ran a lot of inside zone, wide zone, and pin and pull. Now, inside zone can be ran two different ways where if you run inside zone left, because they ran to the left side, I think, like it had to have been five times in a row one time. And three of them are pin and pull. Now, inside zone is where you guys can all step to the left and take the guy to the left. You block an area. So whoever shows up, that's what you take. You can do it where it kind of looks like a duo, which I won't get into that too much. But it's double teams. You're pushing guys vertically, coming off for a linebacker, running back, sees a hole, and just tries to make a cut. He's not necessarily running to a specific hole. He has aiming points. He's going to read either the down lineman of where they're going or he's going to read the offensive lineman's helmet, wherever he sees the helmet, he's going to cut up and try to run. They ran a lot of wide zone, which is, you know, is complementary to inside zone, where now they're you're trying to aim for this guy over. You're trying to push them vertically. Running back's going to get the ball in about the third or fifth step. 
he's going to be able to realize where to go. He's reading the last man on the line of scrimmage, the last defensive lineman. If he's getting pushed out, then he looks back to the next guy. If that guy's getting pushed out as well, he's able to cut almost up the middle, kind of like where you're aiming on inside zone. If he sees that next inside guy getting washed down, he'll cut it up right away. If he sees the outside defensive lineman that he's reading getting cut in, like he's slanted in and they're hooking him, he's going to run to the outside. They did a lot of that. And now, off of that, you have pin and pull. Now, to some people, this might be a gap scheme, but off of this, you got pin and pull, which is now where, if you're running pin and pull to the left, which Illinois did a lot, the way I d- describe it and talk is, if you're an offensive lineman and you have a guy inside of you, so if you're going to the left, and I'm the left tackle, and I look, and there's a guy inside of me, whether you're teaching shade, gap, or even just head up your, your, the guard. If you can down block, you down block. And then the guy getting down blocked four, if he has nobody that he can down block, he's going to wrap around. Either go around, everybody get to the outside, or if he sees a gap, he's going to cut the gap. There's times you'll have three guys pulling, two or one. Illinois, about three times, four times, if not five times in a row, was running like a pin and pull to the left. Does that what it looks like to me? Now, some people can call it full blocking, but it looked like a pin and pull. And we were getting to the outside a lot to try to soften up the inside. So Illinois stuck with it. They ran up probably a little bit of power. There was a couple counters to try to keep them honest. You're going to, it's a little wrinkles off of that. But I saw a lot of inside zone, wide zone, or outside zone, whatever you want to call it, and pin and pull to complement off each other. Illinois went double tight. They went triple tight. They went unbalanced. They would still get into some two by two, three by one. They did a lot of motions. Um, Again, they just said, we're going to run the ball. So when you run the ball 67 times and you get almost 400 yards, you get 357 yards of rushing, like, good God almighty, you're averaging 5.3 yards. I said that going into the preview. I said Illinois has to sustain drives. They have to run the ball. Now Arch is going to have to make short throws, which he kind of did, but kind of didn't. He only averaged two yards of completion. Threw the ball 19 times. Now some of those throws came in overtime, threw it a lot, but going in he was not throwing it a lot. I said going in, Illinois has to sustain drives, keep Penn State's offense off the field, and give our, give our defense a chance to to rest and game plan and look at what was going on. And that's exactly what they did. I think Bielema came in and said, this is exactly what we're going to do. They called this Bielema ball. This is the type of stuff he did at Wisconsin. I don't think it was quite to this extent. They passed it a little more. But we just don't have a quarterback, and I think he knows that. Brandon Peters has been inconsistent. Arstowski cannot complete even a five-yard hitch, it seems like, at times. Um, that's why he only has eight completions. He only, he only hit 38 yards. Um, and then Brandon Peters comes in at the end, but we'll get to that. So they came in and did that. They ran the ball, and I just couldn't believe all of the different type formations we were seeing. I couldn't believe. Then later on in the game, key screens were working because once you start running the ball, they start packing it in. Key screens were working. So all this was going for Illinois. Now on the flip side, as impressive Illinois' run offense was, the Illinois defense stepped up big time. And I said coming into Penn State, Illinois defense has gotten better over the year. They played well against Nebraska, but there were some some things that we saw that they could fix. And then they kind of were playing a lot of man. They were getting kind of beat. Then they kind of went back to zone, and then they started to sprinkle back in man. And what you saw a lot of today, you saw a lot of man back in. And I think because they're, they're, they were finally getting it in practice and they were sprinkling in during the game, they were finally understanding what was going on. So the defense just played well. At the, I know watching the first half, the defensive line played really well, and they had to play really well. When you only allow Penn State, 
I mean, technically, it's 62 yards rushing if you count how many times we got to sack Clifford. But, I mean, they had 62 yards of rushing. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. So the defensive line really got hands-on. They were getting an extension. They were reading what was going on. And then Sean Clifford just did not look like himself. He looked very uncomfortable in the pocket. Illinois did move him, got him to move a little bit. But even times that Illinois did not get um, any pressure on him whatsoever, he just didn't look comfortable. I don't think he's 100%. And as a coach, yeah, if if he's your best option, he's your best option. But if he's not looking right, maybe it's time to put another guy in. But Illinois' defense just really stepped up. Watching their defensive line and able to read everything. Watching their linebackers flow up to make a tackle. And what was really impressive is watching the corners and safeties. They played well in man. They were able to bump the guys and make them uncomfortable. They were able to suffocate them. They were able to, on short passes, because that's what Sean Clifford was looking to do, they were able to fly up and tackle. The, the, the tackling, I thought, was pretty well. And in this day and age of how um, corners and safeties have to play pass defense, we saw a couple pass interferences on both sides. But it's tough. I think it's tough. You can almost call pass interference every single time, which is very frustrating for a defense. But the way they were able to play was fantastic, I thought. Um, and then to pressure Sean Clifford, I mean, we got four sacks total on him. Um, we hurried him a few times. We got him outside the pocket. We had a lot of tackles. We had more tackles than Penn State. Um, according to the stats, there was probably about 88 tackles for Illinois compared to 55 um, for Penn State. And then solo, where there was 58 solo tackles compared to Penn State. Or, excuse me, sorry. Solo tackle. Penn State had more tackles because we ran the ball more. But when you look at um, – the sacks, we had four sacks. We had eight tackles for losses for them. So we were able to pressure, get to the line of scrimmage quickly, very quickly. So I said this coming in, and you guys can go listen to it again. I said Illinois has to do the Illinois has to do this on offense, and their defense has gotten better despite critics and what points were given up, et cetera, et cetera. So defense stepped up big. So it wasn't just necessarily the rush offense. It was our defense. The defense stepped up huge. I thought everybody, it's slowly coming together. And then you saw a lot of, uh, I call it a 3-4 defense where you see three down, hand down linemen. You have two inside backers and then you have two outside backers. You have your corners and your two safeties. Some people call it just a 3-2. Just hoping you just have a five-man box. It's not, so to me, it's still a 3-4. You saw a lot of that in the second half because the D-line was slanting hard, controlling their gaps. Some were controlling double teams. And this allowed our linebackers to – we could stun a little bit with the linebackers. We could try to push Clifford up into the middle of the box. We ran a lot of QB um, spy because Clifford can take off and run. So we were able to do that. So there was times you only saw three-man pressure, maybe a four-man pressure with a QB spy, three-man pressure with a QB spy. So you technically have four responsible for the box, and you drop everybody back. So that's why it was really impressive to see the safeties and corners able to bump pass protect or uh, try to defend those receivers for a while, which is hard to do. So I think you're finally, because Coach Bielma, this is weird to, to describe a Coach Bielma team. He is about offensive lineman and he's defensive guy. 
and he wants to run the ball. So it's weird to hear like offensive lineman guy and a defensive guy. He's had, I think it's said about 12 offensive linemen drafted since he's been a head coach in the NFL. Like high. I think he's just behind Nick Saban, which is impressive. So when you want to play offensive line, you go to Bielema, which we'll talk about in a second. But he's a defensive guy. Defensive type of guy when he was in Wisconsin, Arkansas, and then he learned it from Coach Bielema, or uh, sorry, Coach Bielema learned it from Coach Belichick at Penn State at his time when he was a defensive assistant after he um, was let go at Arkansas. So I think you're starting to see the mixture of Coach Bielema, what he wants, and Coach Walters, what he coaches, coming together on the defensive side. I'm not saying we're going to come out and dominate the rest of the schedule, but that defensive line is playing much better. I mean, Illinois does have a tough schedule coming up. Um, we got Rutgers, which we can win. But the defense going to have to step up and be able to run the ball. That's the only thing that's going to stop Illinois is if we can't pass the ball, it's going to be hard. But now we got three wins, so if you're looking to try to get to a bowl game, we got to find three more somewhere. Rutgers, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern. Iowa is going to be a tough thing to win. But if we can try to beat Rutgers, Minnesota, and Northwestern, there's our three wins that we could try to get to a bowl game in his first year. It would be amazing. But we need our offense to step up, step up. But the defense is finally figuring out what Coach Bielma wants, Coach Walters wants, and what they're able to do on that side of the ball. So we won this game really big on defense and just that's, I think that's going to be Illinois' MO the rest of the year is we need to run the ball and keep the other team's offense off and give our defense more time to game plan, to really look at what's going on, to really make – it's hard to make adjustments during a game, but really like tweak some things, maybe line differently, maybe take a different drop, maybe like, okay, we practice these stunts and haven't run them yet. This will probably work like we have in our back pocket or maybe stuff – you know, you just always have stuff in your back pocket, which usually works, or usually can step up if you see it. Um, now, what what hurts us is Illinois passing. You throw thirty eight passing yards. I'm not saying you needed that to win, but this is a Coach Bielma type of one that he wants. What scares me going forward is the pass offense. You come across a team that maybe can stop the run because Penn State's defense did not play well in that run game, but we come across a team that is going to, if they can stop the run game, we're going to have to be able to pass the ball. Now, at the end of the game, now, it took nine overtimes. It was just frustrating to watch. We could not complete a pass to save our lives. And then Arch Dutowski, he got hit on a rollout. They covered up his arm. I hope he didn't, like, break his arm. He was holding it funny. And then Brandon Peters had to come in, and we had to try to complete some passes, and he couldn't until the very end. Now, the very end, he completed the pass for the two-point conversion. Um but another thing is the ref situation. Um, I know there's a ref shortage. I don't want to talk bad about the refs. They have a tough job. There was a point there where Illinois was about 14 minutes left in the game. Illinois um, throws like a wheel route. It was a key screen type route. Throws it to our tight end. He scores a touchdown. We're celebrating the touchdown. Offense comes off the field. Well, then all of a sudden, a flag gets thrown. So you start to think, is it a sideline warning? Is it, you know, two, you know, the celebration? And they come out and say there was a legal man downfield, number one, and then number two, pass interference. Now, when they showed the play, yes, we did have a lineman downfield. Yes, we threw the ball, but before the ball was even thrown, one of our wide receivers was like blocking. So it's pass interference. It was past the five yards. I'm all for that. Yeah, that was the right call, and it was frustrating. 
but it came afterwards. And even the announcers were saying that, like, hey, you know, uh, you threw the flag after the touchdown. They said touchdown was good. They're celebrating the touchdown. And if I was Coach Bielma, I would have lost it. You have to throw that right away. Why are you waiting? And then did someone tell you this happened? Did James Franklin on the other side tell you that there was a legal man downfield? Did somebody wire it to say it down to your head thing and say, hey, there was a legal man downfield to throw the flag? I think after that, the flag has to be thrown right away. And I would have lost it. So Illinois gets backed up big. Penn State gets a face mask. We get the yards back. Illinois runs the ball for another touchdown. Gets a holding call. So within a minute and a half to two minutes, Illinois had two touchdowns called back. So going to the ref thing, I don't want to blame the refs. The refs call a pretty good game. But in that moment, you cannot allow a play like that or a call like that to take another minute before you go, okay. So I am curious to know, did Penn State say something? Did somebody say something? After that, you've got to let it go. There, I don't want, I like how you let them score. You have this emotional moment where you go up on Penn State I believe Illinois was going to be up 13-10. to 10. You know, If they hit the extra point, it would be 14-10. And we may not even get to overtime the way Illinois' defense was playing. So refs, I think you just got to make the call right away. So before the celebration even happens, like if they can't see the flag, another ref throw a flag just to kind of get the attention. But some of these refs, man, NFL and college, it's been a little rough. We've got to find a way to help these refs do better. Um... But I think they call it a good game. I just wanted to bring that up. It was very frustrating. But then it did take nine overtimes, longest FBS game ever in the history of FBS football. Um, I do like the college rules of overtime. It just took longer than I think they anybody expected. But it was a fun game by all. It was a hard-fought game. Uh, Coach Bielema silenced the critics. You go listen to the Penn State Illinois preview. I discussed the the comments he made in his press conference, but it was way taken way out of context. Uh, the way, um, the way the media portrayed it and some are saying, Oh, we didn't do a clickbait. Oh, we didn't do this. It was a long clip. So how are you saying we're going to butcher it? Well, you have to have the whole conversation, the whole transcript and coming in, you've seen all these posts and I'm going to, I'm going to retweet them and then, and really put people on blast saying, there was one that said Coach Bielma taught us how to lose the locker room 101 and everything else. I don't know what they – this team balled out and played hard for him. If he really lost the locker room, they would not have played hard. It would have been an issue. The amount of players hugging him after the game. There was times players made a mistake and he grabs them right away when they come off the field and talks to him. Like a guy that lost the locker room, that's not going to happen. So Coach Bielma, he showed the whole transcript of what was said. Yeah, maybe part of it was calling them out. But, man, if he did that to call them out to motivate them, the offensive line played well. I don't see an issue. They they played hard. He got them motivated. He might Maybe he's the best motivator in college football. I have no idea. Maybe in the Big Ten. But he got them to play hard. And so all you guys, you keyboard guys that went after him, and that's why when the clip came out, I didn't watch the whole thing until after. And... That's why I ask people like their thoughts and there are people like, I can't believe wow, who would play for this guy and everything else. You don't, even though Coach Bielma is going to say what he, and I don't know him. I would love to have him on here and have a conversation for just 10 minutes, even 15 minutes. I don't know him. But when you listen to everybody talk about him, the way you look at everything he says, he's going to say what he wants and he's going to say what's on his mind. 
but he's very calculated in what he's going to say. So people can say, well, even though out of in the context of the whole conversation, what he said in that clip probably shouldn't have been said. He probably said that stuff in the locker room and has the trust to say, like, you know what, to get them motivated, and maybe that's what it was. I don't know. It seemed like it, and it worked. That offensive line played well. You have 357 rushing yards. The pictures coming out in the locker room, people, the players are hugging him. Now, nobody would go do that for a guy if he lost the locker room or say, man, we don't trust him. He does not say that stuff or is, feels comfortable. Like, you know what I mean? He's very calculated what he says and how he's going to say it. He's going to say what he wants. So you guys that went out there and said, how to lose locker room 101, oh my God, I can't believe, how, why would you play for this guy? This is going to affect recruiting. I think this helps recruiting, to be honest with you. So all you guys that immediately want to jump on without knowing anything, now I think we've all done it. I've done it. Everybody's done it. But there's some things we can immediately jump on, and there's some things I think we have to know the full context of, and this is one of those situations, the full context. So some of these guys that cover Illinois sports that put this out there need to check themselves. Some of us that are Illinois fans, going back to basketball where people want Coach Brad Underwood fired because we struggled a couple of basketball games, need to check themselves or go be a fan of somebody else. I don't even care. Us people that have been Illinois fans our whole lives have followed the football program, the basketball program, all these programs our whole lives need to check themselves at the door or just leave. We don't need you fans. We're not this big time. We're not Alabama. We're not Michigan. We're not whatever. Check themselves at the door or don't be a fan here. Coach Bielma silenced the critics. I think he silenced the critics when he talked about the context and the players came out and said they play for him. And look how hard they played today. Or yesterday, when this is I record this the Sunday after, how hard they played. So he silenced his critics. He's not a guy that's going to lose the locker room. He hasn't changed. He would have lost the locker room in Wisconsin or Arkansas. Yeah, he's probably a little frustrated the way we, we that's gone on, but he's using it as motivation. He's recruiting well. He's going to have guys come in. He's building a culture from the ground up, and it's not just a culture of just the players. You have to realize he's they've created jobs they didn't have before. He's connecting the whole state of Illinois together. Like he's doing a lot. And then after these comments, he would have lost the coaches. The coaches have come out and said they've never seen someone recruit so hard and, and work, work hard for this program and the players. So some of these Illinois media guys really kind of really need to evaluate how they cover Illinois sports, or maybe I'll go do it for you and figure it out or maybe you should have played the sport or coached the sport to understand what's going on but some of you guys need to check yourselves or i'll go do it for you maybe i'll do it for you give me your job i'll do it so coach bms science the critics that is our coach he is my spirit animal also this is a guy we're going to follow to the depths of the end however long he stays in illinois and also he got his hundredth win in his coaching career congratulations to coach bielma on that um James Franklin, this is a tough loss for him. His name has been thrown around for LSU and USC. I don't think Penn State fires him because he's had to build that program up. I don't know who else you would hire. I like to think he's going to stay at Penn State. But this is a tough loss. You lose to Iowa in a tough game. Now you lose to Illinois. Now you got to go play at Ohio State. And I think Ohio State's figuring themselves out. So they're probably going to get him, get them. You could probably be Maryland. Then you got to be a sneaky good Michigan team who's ranked number six in the nation. 
that may be a great Ohio State-Michigan game finally this year. Then you got to play Rutgers, and you got to end with Michigan State, who's rolling. So James Franklin and Penn State might get three more losses. So they're 5-2 and two right now. They're going to get three more losses, maybe win two, so you're going to end up being seven, seven-win team and lose five games when you were number four in the nation. You can blame it on Clifford injury all you want. Now, they did beat Auburn. This might affect the job, maybe. Now, some people may disagree. He might still get hired at USC. But this might motivate him to say, I'm going to stay at Penn State. I've got the money, got good facilities. You're in the Big Ten. You've already established, why go to USC and try to rebuild that? And this might affect that. They might say, oh, my God, like, this is falling, not falling apart, but it's a rough season. So this may affect... I just want to say this could. We have to pay attention to this loss to Illinois for James Franklin and Penn State. Because how you, it, it also depends on how you're going to, how do you play against Ohio State? How are you going to play against Michigan and Michigan State? Do you slip up against Maryland Rutgers? This could affect his job at LSU and, and USC. So this might open the door for somebody else to take one of those jobs. But I think this is some, from this moment, we have to pay attention to James Franklin. I just want to put that there. I think we have to pay attention now if, if someone's going to actually go hire him. Good coach. That's done good things at Penn State. He's competed. Beat teams probably they shouldn't have beaten. But we, I think we need to pay attention to this. But I want to just want to repeat this one more time at the end for this Illinois. Congratulations to Coach Bielema on your 100th career coaching win. As an Illinois fan my whole life. And for like Coach West and Brad Miller who have not come back on the podcast because they want to get paid in Safe Moon. We've been Illinois fans our whole lives. We are following you. We are true Illinois fans. We understand the context of the conversations, your press conference in the week. We understand you got these players to play hard. The, the keyboard warriors out there that were just taking that part of it and saying, oh, this is what he said about this. We get it. We understand it. You got those guys to play hard. The coaching staff had a good game plan coming in. We're trusting what you're doing. We're going to buy into what you're doing. Congratulations on your 100th win and your coaching career. And I'm glad that he said that he's hoping to get 100 more and hopefully a lot more in Illinois than anything else. And I love the picture Coach Josh Whitman put up, how it started. Coach Bielma was hired. He went to Penn State and watched Illinois play last year. So he was at Penn State last year, watched that game. How it started, he was on the side, or off on the side watching. Now it shows him at a press conference, like, worn out because of that game nine overtimes. But thank you, Coach Bielma, for trying to turn this program around. We got many more games to go. We're looking looking to next week. Um, congratulations on the 100th win. Um, so that's it. I just want to go over Illinois Penn State recap. Classic game, instant college classic. Um, again, go check out all the affiliates in the description below. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out the weekly episodes. Go check out the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network and all that good stuff. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show Podcast. Thank you so much, and we are gone.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.